Welcome back to the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we come to talk about the Dungeon Master. The most important person in the game, the only person capable of playing God, killing characters, that's important for this one, and lowering the ego of all of the other people at the table. I am one of your hosts, DM Neil, aka Jote Moniac, and I have another host with me, but I'll let them introduce themselves. Hello, welcome Dungeon Master Block listeners. This is Matt Keel. I will be your substitute teacher or your substitute DM on this episode of the Dungeon Master's Block. Perfect. And what are we going to be talking about? I've already alluded to it in the intro, but what is our topic for today? I always feel weird about this conversation too, because it's like, did you not read the title? I mean, I well, you already know, listener. You looked at it. Here's the chance. Maybe they did it. Maybe it's just, you know, I'm going into the next episode. It's just one in a playlist of podcasts that people are listening to. You know what? That subverted my expectations of how people listen to podcasts. So I appreciate that I've I've just, of course, that makes perfect sense. I'm a fool. Today we are talking about how Mitch and Chris died. And it was a TPK. And now we're the substitutes. We Well, number one, they had a very, very small party. A party of two. So not really diversifying the skill sets with your two characters and your two character classes. And, you know... I love those two, but they're kind of low level. They're really squishy. So all it takes is one massive critical hit and insta-death, right? Yes. But with that, I realize I should say something like, let's head to the meat. I'm starving. We ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days. Why can't we have some meats? Looks like meat back on the menu, boys. Because I also realized that this is a golden opportunity for me to say things like, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Because this is the interview section and I would be remiss if I didn't forcibly have you answer funny questions. Sure, definitely. I would love to answer funny questions. They're not really dead, right? They're just not here. Correct. They are. Oh, oh my goodness. Thank goodness. Oh, good. They are missing in action, but we knew that we needed to talk about something. And I realized that this is a a topic that comes up very frequently, or it just feels like it comes up on a regular basis, what to do, how to do it. And I know that you've talked about it a little before, so I thought you'd be the perfect person to help me. Fantastic. Am I supposed to answer any interview questions? Uh, Yes. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Like, do you like long walks on the beach? Things of that nature. Who doesn't like a long walk on the beach unless it's full of like lobsters that try to like pinch your feet and then you're like ouch what are all these lobsters doing here yeah <laughs> you know i mean possibly also having recently been on the beach it's not really that fun it's it hurts your ankles over time because you're just walking in sand it's it's a lot more work than you'd think they, hmm. one thing that i feel that is a great misconception about sand and beaches is that it would be nice to take a nap on the beach. And I have overnight camped on a beach. It's not fun. It's just lumpy and terrible. Mm -hmm. Make sure you bring some sort of mattress. Neil, what, what is this? What is this podcast? Are we talking about road tripping and camping and that type of stuff like that? I think we're, we are definitely off the rails a bit. We are. Let's get back on said rails because today we're going to be talking about total party 
kills. It's a thing that comes up. It's such a momentous occasion. And I feel like if a person by person, I mean, a DM, a GM, whatever title you have hasn't planned for that eventuality, it will blindside you and it will not be potentially it won't be fun for you or your players. So we're going to talk about what is a TPK? What is our experience with them? What we think you could do with them and hopefully help you out um, by having this conversation together. So my first question is, what is a TPK? Okay, so TPK, clearly some type of acronym. The acronym, Total Party Kill. Now, in Dungeons & Dragons, clearly you probably have played Dungeons & Dragons because it would be weird for you to listen to this podcast if you weren't at least mildly interested in this gaming phenomenon. But you have the DM who's leading the story. You have the players that are in charge of characters and the characters engage in different events and different plot points. And one of the main things that happens with any or most D&D games, is a battle. And the goal of the battle is the characters are trying to defeat their enemies. Oftentimes, we see that the characters, or the player characters, they are going to win those battles. But sometimes, not just one character might be defeated within that party, but the whole party itself is defeated. Which is why we have a term for that called the total party kill. Rocks fall, everyone dies. That's probably the most uh, iconic term for the total party kill because at the Tomb of Annihilation, if you, there are three entrances, and if you went down the wrong entrance, rocks fall and everyone dies. Uh, and that's it. That, that was the end of that situation for you and your party. And I think that's, I don't know if I'm incorrect in saying it, but I feel like that's a lot of how people view the TPK, but oftentimes it's just the dice can fall where they fall. And it depends on how you're rolling those dice. If they're out in the open, that black dragon, that dragon just in general in that dungeon will just take your party out in one wonderful breath weapon. Yeah, you never know when your party didn't take that short rest when they really needed to take that short rest. And then they encountered some monstrosity from an other world type of thing. And yeah, they just were underprepared. There weren't enough spell slots. Neil, so many things could be a factor leading to a TPK and not just gotcha moments, which I feel would be (laughs) a good episode for a different podcast because, oh my gosh, you don't want to be the DM that is building all these little gotcha moments in there unless you're making a jerk dungeon, which I think is Tomb of Annihilation. It's Mm -hmm. a dungeon for jerks. Yeah, if you... Oh man, that's... That's a rough way to set it up. But I think one question is, what is your personal experience with the TPK? And it could even be anecdotally of TPK situations you've heard, um, you've been a player in, or you've been a DM for. Now, Neil, I have a confession to make. Yes. I have never been part of a TPK, either from the Dungeon Master angle or from the character aspect of it. So this is sort of a theoretical approach to TPKs for me. What about you? Okay, I will follow it up and then I'll ask a different question of you. So yeah, I have killed a a party. I've never killed a higher level party 
Um, and that that's probably something we'll get into a little bit more. But I have definitely killed lower level parties, not mm-hmm. not intending it uh, because the lower levels of fifth edition are a little bit more uh, aggressive or mean than I thought they were. And the one the one that I always remember is um, when they did the yawning portal. OK. And they, and they took so they took those third edition modules and they bumped them to fifth edition. Yep. One mm-hmm. of the things that then the reason I kind of used it the way I did is one of the things that didn't quite translate well is the dragons. Sure. Oh, they're just murder dragons in there. Like you need to be really mindful of <laughs> those. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. I didn't I wasn't paying attention. And so you have that the very small white dragon in the first one, and it was just like breath weapon, everyone dies. I'm like, uh so I literally it was either afterwards. Or during, I pulled up the stats and like pulled up the old third edition stats and the fifth edition stats and kind of cross referenced them. And it was like, oh, I see what happened. Okay. What was the, what happened? What was the big difference? So the strength. So the strength specifically of the breath weapons was much higher. Like the, the, the amount of dice and just raw damage that you were likely to deal sure. on mm-hmm. those was so high. And then, so that's when I also realized that at the tail end of the Forge of Fury, there's a black dragon there. Um, and that same issue is that at level with the HP that the party would most likely have, that dragon would one shot most parties. Yeah, I don't know what the algorithm is specifically for calculating the challenge rating, but sometimes it does seem like it does not completely factor in AoE type weapons or attacks because, yeah, if you have an unlucky batch of people who do not make a good saving throw well you know what you could have everybody go down in one fell swoop yes you can oh uh have you ever heard of a terrible tpk that just like sticks out in your mind i don't think i have a specific anecdote but i definitely have heard these tales of these encounters that are just completely completely unbalanced per se so who knows exactly what the experience was actually can i take this back a little bit i'm gonna narc on a friend of mine and that friend of mine is called josh reistead yes i was so hopeful that this is where this is gonna go and i'm can please continue yeah so this person is a dear friend of mine he is one of my best friends in the world And he is the co-host of Detention of the Dragons, the podcast that we are part of, where we help uh, new DMs, educators, and new players learn about D&D. Anyway, so Josh is running this campaign, and I am playing a wizard character. We are sneaking into some place, and things go super, super sideways. And what ends up happening is there are three of us and we are up against a bunch of vampires. And I think some of them are like the vampire thralls. There might Mm. be like a legit vampire there. And we are getting our butts kicked completely. So I think, okay, this might be a little bit wrong. I might be like Rashomoning the whole situation. I think what Josh wanted to do is he wanted to set up a situation in which our characters were defeated, but then we were thrown in prison, and then we had to escape from prison to then continue on with the narrative. Now, being the players, we didn't know what this was all about. And instead, we were convinced that this was going to be 
our demise. So there were two people down and the one vampire apparently was like a brother of mine. And then we start having some conversation in D D, you know, like character conversation. So I'm like, I'm like brother, brother, why are you doing this? Why are you being all vampire? And he's given his reasons. And I'm like, could we resolve this peacefully? And I told Josh earlier, like, I'm holding my action to do something very specific. You have to trust me on this. And he's like, okay, you can hold your action. And then the vampire brother says, no, you're not. We're not. There's no peaceful resolution to this. So I take out my staff of power, I think it's called. And the staff of power has a function where if you break it, it explodes and does, I don't know, like 20 D10 of damage. And I'm like... Josh, I'm breaking this thing over my knee. And he's like, don't do it. Don't do it. And then my character's final words were, smell you later. (laughs) And so I explode. Luckily, there's like a little provision in there. If you explode it, there's a 50% chance that you get transported to a different dimension or a different plane of existence. And that's what ended up happening with my character. But he had not intended it to go that way because it was going to be a total party kill in my mind and I was backed into this corner. So I did the only thing that I felt like I could do and it really disrupted the flow of the game. So it wasn't a true total party kill, but it had the the flavor of the TPK. Definitely. That's, oh, that's so good. But it does start to get into our next portion, the pros and cons of a TPK. Because, and maybe it's just the nuances of a TPK, because a planned TPK versus an unplanned TPK are very different. Because do you feel, and this just using that as a base, do you feel like there's a way that Josh could have talked to you about what would have happened that wouldn't have ruined it? Do you get like so? So if he had if he had talked to you before about or like, is there any way that he could have given you enough clues without ruining the surprise of being in jail and having to get out? Sure. So I think this. Oh my gosh, we're going into like multiple uh-huh. different ideas. Well, I saw what we're kind of getting at with that question is the idea of like like sandbox versus railroad, you know, Mm -hmm. like we've all played like video games where you get to that cutscene and the issue with that cutscene is like, oh, you can't defeat that boss. You can't defeat that enemy. Like you just have to like instantaneously lose. I'm thinking like Final Fantasy VI has an Mm -hmm. introduction part where you just can't win at a point and then you get exiled someplace like video games and things do that. So I think that are there things that Josh could have done? Yes. Now, what I would have said in that scenario is just made it so that we couldn't even engage in the fight. Just say like, we all got knocked out or something like that. You know, like we all got captured or just avoided the battle completely. Cause the, when you do a battle, it implies that yes, you have some sort of agency over the situation, but if you just want it to be like a, a stepping stone into a further plot device or a different part of the storyline, just be like, okay, there was knockout gas and you all got sleepy and now you're in a dungeon or, oh, we're holding these characters hostage. So if you don't come with us and surrender, then they're going to be defeated. Something where it might imply a little bit like, oh, you don't really have a choice in here, but trust me as a DM, if you continue on with this storyline, that it's going to be interesting. There you go. I like it. 
Yeah, man, trying to figure out Total Party. Because one of the things is I cheated and I listened to an old episode of Detentions and Dragons. And one of the ideas you had was the TPK Total Party Knockout. Total Party Knockout is a fantastic alternative to the Total Party Kill. And especially if you're in the scenario where you did not know that that's what was going to happen. And so if you're planning ahead, because so here, uh, hmm. sorry, I had to process how many of my players listen. So I'm processing still. It's really only one. And I'll tell him, stop it. Um, But the idea that it for me, if a later level party dies and I'm not expecting it, my go to answer will be that you're in the afterlife and you're having to get back out. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as everyone's on board with that, but that's what I would present uh, to them is is that conversation of, okay, so all of these things happened. You would normally go wherever you would go in your world's afterlife, here, there, the other place, but you're not. You're in mm-hmm. this weird purgatory. Maybe you're on the banks of the River Styx, and now you've got to figure things out from there. That's my personal go-to if a TPK were to happen, and I didn't expect it. That's what I would do with it. But yeah, having a contingency plan, I guess, is a good idea. But like planning a TPK, I think like you said, like you can't, I guess you can't allow any other option than death. You can't really allow any other option than death if it is the planned TPK. Because yeah, maybe you want this storyline where the heroes are inevitably supposed to fail and then maybe they come back uh, in the future, like I mean, look at I'm playing Breath of the Wild. I know I'm like four years late on this, but oh, me too. Oh, I like barely started it like a few weeks ago with the kids. Oh, so yeah, I, yeah, I just started. But I mean, in that one, Link. Spoiler: It doesn't matter. It's four years old. Like Link is defeated in the history of the game, and he stays in like a resurrection chamber for a hundred years. So like maybe that's part of the storyline that you're playing in is that your characters need to be defeated to be resurrected in a different form or a different time. But again, this should be really something that is part of the storyline. Maybe this is hinted at, um, that type of thing like that. Um, Because this maybe is not directly related to pros and cons, but I think when you are the dungeon master, one thing you need to consider when you are playing the game you are with your players is... The game of D&D you're currently doing, is it a game or is it a story? Because the way that a game operates is that there's winners and there's losers. And there could be aspects of the DM is trying to create these scenarios to defeat the player characters. And the people are trying to play their player characters in a way that can overcome the challenges that the DM is facing. Like, that's one way of playing D&D. And I would say, like, a Tomb of Annihilation is totally mm, a game yeah. but yeah. Oh, gosh, it, yeah. but if you're like kind of doing what i feel is more a little bit you know in vogue right now with D, it's about story and it is about a collaborative storytelling game so if you are telling a story then you need to really think about well i don't necessarily want my players to die but i do need to acknowledge that this could happen so If the TPK happens, then you need to really see the TPK as some sort of narrative device that is going to compel the story forward. Because if death means that the story stops, then you failed as a dungeon master. Death really needs to be something that drives the story forward, and you need to decide 
what angle and approach you're going to take when you take or do a total party kill intentionally or I would say more often than not unintentionally. Yeah, and there's so many options and outs back from that because I was starting to think like even the idea so short of utter annihilation of the existence and person of your player characters like even the simple gentle repose like are you gonna tell me that these bad guys these these bad guys they have no access to magics like no probably just a like even having that much to carry cart your body around to back to where they need it to be because who who knows what their grand designs are the other thing is like adding in the idea of what deity are you now involving because that's the whole point about the story of these characters is that most most characters aren't doing anything in this world these characters are doing a lot in this world specifically because mm-hmm. those are the people that are at your table um so then what deity has a hand in resolving some of those story points and like you said it could be 10 years 10 days 100 years between when they died and when they're coming back and i think another thing that you have to think about is when the party is defeated there needs to be some type of consequence like there should be a weight and gravity to defeat or death within your DD game and like the level of weight is going to be up to you as a dungeon master if you want to kill off all of the characters and say hey you're all rolling new characters then you need to decide well, what is that going to do to the narrative of the game? Is it the next generation comes up to avenge these characters? Does the evil mage take control of the land? And now the next generation of heroes are trying to usurp the land from, you know, this evil antagonist, uh, that type of thing like that. So if you straight up kill the party, you would need to think, well, what's the next chapter in this story? But there's other mechanisms too, like you were saying with the DD resurrecting them, tasking them to do a thing. It could be, maybe it's a different deity and maybe mm-hmm. the deity is like, hey, you look like you have unfinished business in life, but I have unfinished business as well too, but I can't leave my, you know, godly domain. So we're going to do a little bit of tit for tat. You get up, be alive, and maybe you recover a whole bunch of souls from here, something like that. You know, like there uh, are yeah. lots of different mechanisms, uh, storytelling mechanisms, uh, to compel the narrative forward. But you have to decide what is going to be the compelling nature of death. Because to have death without a compelling purpose is a wasted opportunity for storytelling. Yeah, I was trying to think of group patron. There we go. It was taking me a second. But the idea of a group patron coming out of that experience. And I mean, even someone going so far as like to take a level of warlock. And like you said, it's just figuring out what that story beat is afterwards. And hopefully you hopefully you're at a place where you have enough trust at your table. But every and I guess that's the other thing to hit on quickly. People will not like this. Some people will not be okay with what happens, no matter no matter what, but sometimes you ha- you have to be okay with making your players a little bit uncomfortable with what's happening in the story because without that conflict, the story doesn't have a lot of weight to it. Mm-hmm. If the players are just what is that old term raffle stomping the like their way through everything that you put in front of them. No, nobody is contesting them on a, a real level. It starts to get old. I mean, I think on both sides, like I don't have a huge, I don't 
have a huge fun time when everything I put in front of my players just gets stomped out. But the idea that like without that conflict, there's not there's just not a lot of weight to the story. So even if someone doesn't like what's happening with the TPKA, just try and just keep just keep going. I believe in you, but just keep going to especially if you know and trust in yourself that like this is the story you want to tell with your players. Definitely. And finding the way to adapt that event, even if that might have not been in your trajectory of the storyline, is critical. Don't just stop there. Don't just be like, okay, all your characters are dead. Roll new characters. Because, I don't know, I just feel that, especially with things like death, it is more impactful to make those characters somehow survive with the consequences of their actions. Like, wow, we Mm -hmm. failed and the town burned down because we couldn't defeat the dragon. But if you're all dead and you're just brand new characters, who cares? Like there are no long lasting effects or consequences for that player, except like they had to make a new character and come up with a silly new backstory. Yeah. And I think, and I think it's figuring out because the other thing I I thought was, Okay, so I have a question. I have yeah. a question. Then we'll go. Then we'll go back. So I, it's in the outline. I feel bad if I type something out in the outline and I don't say it. I don't. By the way, I don't feel bad about that at all. <laughs> but I do like this question. So, if you had a TBK with your current group of players, what would you do? Okay, so I have two current groups of players. Number one, I am the leader of the Dungeons and Dragons club at my high school. I currently. I'm the DM for a group of new slash newish players for D&D. Now, we are currently in this campaign. We're in a, an event where things could go super wrong for them. They are going to participate in a Coliseum-style battle against a character called Grayson the Storm. He is an eccentric billionaire who is a Goliath, so he's about eight feet tall. He is obnoxious as heck. He loves to fight, but (laughs) he is over the top. He is going to fight the characters in a basically a 15-foot Iron Man suit with a dinosaur head called the War Machine, which... Wow. And I, their current quest is they get invited to this party to celebrate the competition that's going to take place because Grayson does not hate them. He loves fighting. He loves competition. So he's celebrating the occasion and he has no ill will against them. There's just this uh, wager that they're making for like magical artifacts. So I'm like, here's the deal. You need to figure out how you are going to sabotage Grayson or the war machine. You can't kill him because there's too many guards there and then you'll be defeated. So you got to be clever about this. So the last two sessions, they have been finding ways to like befriend Grayson, learn his secrets. One person broke into his private stash and took 2000 gold pieces out of a vault. And another person is stealing magic stones out of a war machine. So the point is, is there's still this opportunity for these players to be defeated by Grayson. And in my mind, I kind of have two trajectories. One is they defeat them and they get the artifacts. And number two is they get defeated, but somehow they become not like they become in service to Grayson to continue the cause um, that they're originally working on. But now they have to deal with their new boss, which is this eccentric buff billionaire, Grayson the Storm. So kind of deciding what these that that's how I would handle my TPK 
add my current like club because here's the thing high school kids especially the group that I'm playing with new characters I've had kids cry when their characters have been knocked out in oh. combat so you have to kind of be cognizant that while yeah. TPKs are part of the game there's a maturity level that they may not necessarily be ready to handle if their original character that they're infatuated with gets killed. So you got, you have to find ways to make sure that there's consequences for losing, but maybe it's not just the death of their character. Um, in my friend campaign, they're all chefs and they're trying to start oh, that's right. a restaurant type of thing. I'm not sure how that would work if they get TPK'd, but it might just be that a new a new generation of restaurateurs enters <laughs> into the fray because their quest is a little bit low stakes. That's so good. Okay. Or maybe they get resurrected by a food god. Is there a chef god? Like a well, Do we have a Dionysus? Yeah, yeah, why not? It's D D. Yeah. The food the food mage. Oh, then they're like uh chef liches. Oh chef lich. Oh my gosh, I love D D. It's so good. <laughs> okay. Now that made me well, I mean, I already kind of alluded to what I would do um, with my current. I don't know that I would do that with my current group, though. I don't think they're high enough level. I don't think I could get away with like the ideas that I would want to accomplish by going into the afterlife. Well, another thing that I th- I think about is maybe they just lose stuff. You know, the corpses are, there, are on the ground. They're unconscious. They get looted. You know, like that's a yeah. major consequence. Have all of their magic items taken. Have all their gold taken. That type of thing like that. Or maybe yeah. they wake up with permanent scars or an injured leg and now their strength goes from 14 to uh, 10 or something like that so especially at the lower levels there are consequences that you can do because sort of like we were maybe hinting at before it's like you know not every bandit necessarily wants to murder a person like bad people have some sort of value system it doesn't always have to like resort to murder type of thing it might be like yeah Yeah. let's knock them out and steal their stuff type of thing like that yeah the other thing i thought was also like trying to figure out how much that or how long and what that divergence looks like for you so like how comfortable are you as the person running the game being on this divergent path and how comfortable do you think your players would be because the, the idea that i had with this this group that i have currently is that the most likely scenario that I think would be the funnest, the most fun, don't mm-hmm. care. Doesn't uh, matter. But the idea that there there is a, over time, there has been a, a very interesting set of NPCs that have been created in the game that I'm currently running. I think the thing that would be the most interesting to both myself and the party would basically send this ragtag team like this ragtag B team out for like a session or oh, yeah. four mm-hmm. um, and have them recover the party. Yeah, that would be super cool. I love that idea. I love the idea. And maybe it's because I've played a lot of D&D and I've sort of grown from that stage in my D&D career life i don't know what you want to call it where i'm like this is my original character i love this character i want to be this character all the time now if you give me a chance to be like any type of character i love it i don't even have a strong desire to like roll up my own characters 
If I go to a convention or something and someone's like, do you want to play Halfling Ranger? Yes, I do. Do you want to play Tiefling Warlock? Yes, I do. Goliath Wizard? Heck yes, I do. Like, I don't care. I'm just like, could have jump into it. So I think especially with more experienced players, it could be fun to like jump into a new character. That Yeah, especially for a time. I think like there, there are probably really good times for your party to... <laughs> This sounds weird to say. There there might be really good times in that lifespan of a campaign for your party to die to like do this side quest type. Um, and I think it's also one of the reasons why usually if I need a break, I'll just have someone else run for yeah. like, a mm-hmm. se- like a session or two. Because it's like you said, like you go off to the side path to come back to these other characters. Um, so, hey, you know, maybe at the end of all of this, we're just saying give it a go. Just, just have the whole party die. See what it's like. <laughs> well, maybe again, have the agency that they don't necessarily die and maybe don't set it up so that you're a total gotcha jerk face and you make an impossible win scenario. But you know what? Don't be scared of the TPK. Total party knowledge of a new adventure when you defeat the entire party. Oh, man. Um, so since they're going to do that, and I'm a huge fan of doing that. I think that we should also have an MPK. Okay. Uh, mostly party kill is another way that I thought of it is, and mm. I've heard of it before where you end up having one player survive. Sure. And then what, then what does that look like? And maybe that's you as the, the DM pulling a ripcord cause you see what's happening. So you, I mean, in a way you're fabricating an out for one player so that, and maybe that's how the story works well for your game. If, I mean, that, let's be honest. So your rogue survives um, and then they can get back out and maybe they're the one that, that is now the leader of this B team trying to come back and um, recover what they can of the original party. Yeah. And I think that you need to be careful doing a story beat like that because who is the person that survives? Is it a person that you randomly decide is going to be the survivor? Is it the character that actually physically runs out of the cave right before the dragon fire engulfs everybody in there? Yep. But because I could see where there would be some sort of resentment, like, oh, your car like, oh, your character is the one that survived, but all of our other characters were defeated. Especially if people are really attached to their characters. But yeah, I think that could also lead to a real emotional toll knowing that you are the person that has the one character that survived. Like, wow, I am the connection between the past narrative and the future narrative. And here's the new recruit. And like, how do you play? How do you like adapt to the new characters? How do they react to things in character? That type of thing like that. I think there's lots of, uh, possibilities as long as everybody is kind of cool with it mm-hmm. I'm just think of more things because this is it's not a great it's not an easy topic um and hopefully the things we are saying are even somewhat helpful because as always listen to your players um I don't remember. that it's that it is really that kind of thing and i think if it happens i think one of the absolute best answers in that moment is to be done right then with what's happening to figure out what you and potentially your players want to happen next, especially if it's an unexpected TPK. Don't feel any obligation to continue. Like, let's say we're all there and I've planned out uh, or 
we've all allotted a four hour session and the TPK happens at about an hour in. Mm-hmm. I don't, uh, there's three hours that are not going to happen. And that's, I, I think that's okay too. Like there's no obligation. You didn't do anything wrong, but you do want to try and do the next thing right. Like that, that, I can say that much. And so taking that moment to figure out what are my next steps? Do I want someone to have maybe magically survived? Do I want someone to them all to again, awaken on the river sticks? Do they awaken and they're the B team? Like what, being mindful, really mindful of what that next thing is and taking the time to do so, I think is really important. Yeah, and I know that D&D gets plugged a lot as yes and. You should always say yes and. But to suddenly be yes and, now you're all defeated, I need to come up with something that is emotional and appropriate and fitting for the story and the player's off the cuff, especially if you weren't necessarily anticipating something like this happening, I definitely think it is okay to throttle it back and say, hey, everyone, this was unexpected. We're going to have to be a little bit creative. I'm going to have to be creative where the story goes next and be like, we're going to close the book on this session. And here's another thing. Why don't you just hang out with each other if you need that extra time? You know, there's other <laughs> games you can play. You know, just because you're committed to four hours of D&D, maybe on a Saturday night or whatever, you don't have to necessarily play four hours. I think that over the long period of time, the players themselves will also value uh, being mindful about the next step in the storyline, especially if there is a very unusual or unexpected turn of events. Now, DL, I have some questions for you. Yes, I'm ready. One of the things as a teacher, we have this saying, which is beg, borrow, and steal. And it's basically, you know, when you're making curriculum, you don't always have to make up curriculum on your own. Talk to other people, beg them for curriculum, steal curriculum from the internet, borrow curriculum from other people. The thing is, is like, just because you're a teacher doesn't mean you have to make everything yourself. I think there's a lot of inspiration for D&D about begging and borrowing and stealing. So what are some like inspirations? What are some media, that type of thing that we could use that we might be able to steal some story beats from? Perfect. I mean, I feel like this section is just is always in homage to the greatness that is detentions and dragons because that sounds awful lot like the homework section also it makes me wonder if like i've just spent so much time in higher education that like that's my mentality about everything like dungeon mastering my job when i do martial arts literally just beg borrow steal and figure out what works well for you Mm -hmm. so i was trying to think of instances where a total party kill happens because one thing i don't think we hit on is done right, it could also be the end of a campaign, and that's not bad. And the one that made me think of it that way is Rogue One. Sure. Could you describe what's happening in Rogue One? Because I have not seen it. Oh. I've read a book, Rogue One. No, Rogue Rogue Squadron. I've read that one. No, no, Star Wars, Rogue One. Yeah, but I read a book <laughs> called Rogue you Squadron. You haven't seen the film? No, I haven't. It has a tall robot man in it, though. Okay. And yeah. it's about X-Wing pilots and stuff. Well, then, I mean, I obviously what I'm about to say is going to change the movie for you. Darth there. Vader's at the end, isn't he? Yeah. So then that's the whole thing is like the tail end of the movie butts up to the, the next movie. 
So all of the characters in Rogue One die to get the plans to the Death Star sent out to save to have the rebellion be successful. Sure. And so they accomplish their mission. Like it's this harrowing event. They do all these crazy things. It's I enjoyed the movie. And then, I mean, obviously there's that, that little voice in the back of your mind. That's like, well, clearly none of them can live. Like for, we have all these other movies already existing in the Mm storyline, especially with the one happening like moments after this film. So then all of them die at the end. Yep. Mm -hmm. But I, but that like that's a fulfilling conclusion mm-hmm. of that storyline. It isn't just, oh, let's sneak into the base and get the plans, and then they sneaked into the base and then they died and they never got the plans and they never delivered the plans. Like sometimes that is the conclusion to the story. Yeah. Is there is this defeat. But once again, this gets back to something that I was saying is like that's a compelling death where if the last battle you are in is, I don't know, just trying to like carry the MacGuffin to the chalice to like destroy the chalice or something. And maybe all the characters are going down and the last character is the rogue and the rogue is using the dash action and they're using mm-hmm. every like ability in the book. And the last thing that they do is like, okay, they throw it in there. Um, the world saved, but the bad guy is still there and obliterates them. Like that could be a really cool conclusion of the story. It has to be the compelling death, though. If it's just, if it's like, oh, yeah, you all fell into a, a pit of rocks and you died. Well, who cares? Yeah. So do you have instances? Yeah. Well, this makes me seem sort of like a copycat. And maybe this is also a cop out. So I'm a two C's right there. I think Empire Strikes Back is kind of a good version of, in my mind, of a TPK, where mm-hmm. it's a more of a total party knockout than it is a total party kill. Because what do we have happen in Empire Strikes Back? Han Solo gets frozen, so he's removed from the party. He could come back. He might not come back. So kind of depends on what you as a DM want to do with this Mm storyline. We have the defeat of Luke Skywalker, and it just seems like the Empire is getting stronger and stronger and stronger. So the party is defeated, but this kind of compels the characters into like a new direction you know luke is yeah i was training to be a jedi now i have to defeat my father and then that leads to death star 2 and that type of thing like that so i think that's a really cool example of this total party knockout leading to something more compelling okay i don't know how you sparked this in my mind and a lot of these are are films do you remember the classic wonderful film from 2010 called the other guys no i don't okay starring mark Wahlberg and will ferrell okay but when it starts so they're two like okay cops but when it starts like the ultimate cops in the precinct that are just like the best the the baddest the most over the top that duo is Samuel L. Jackson and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh, my gosh. I feel like I remember commercials for this. Yeah. And so it seems like these two are going to like they're the other guys and they're going to have to like constantly compete with these these two who are obviously just mountains of man and just the best that's ever lived. Um, and they're so confident in their skills that they jump off of a building. Oh, my gosh. And they die. Oh, my goodness. In the film, like real early on and you don't expect it. And so then it is tasked 
to the other guys to like be better cops. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you could totally yeah use some sort of narrative thread like that within your D and D game for a total party kill. I mean, I think that would be super hilarious. That's oh, it's so good. It was so unexpected too. Like I, I can feel the moment in that film when that happened, and I just didn't know what was gonna be next. Yeah, like, oh and my I gosh. thought it wasn't real, and no, those characters were just gone they never come back it's no. not at the end i was alive no. the whole time no they're just gone they literally Gosh. jump off a building and die now this is going to make me lose my nerd cred i had basically had never seen a marvel movie since iron man that was the last marvel Whoa. movie i saw and okay i think that was what 2004 2008 yeah okay so that was the last Marvel movie I saw. Then Disney Plus showed up and I started watching the Marvel movies. I'm like, oh yeah, I really am digging these Marvel movies. Why hadn't I been watching these movies when they were actually coming out? So it's kind of fun to, you know, on a Saturday night or whatever, I get to like watch one Marvel movie for what, the next yeah. 18 weeks or whatever. Anyway, so a lot of them, like the early ones are pretty, I don't know, by the book, good guys win. There's usually some consequences. One that I think kind of serves maybe as a role for like a total party kill or total party knockout would be Captain America Civil War. Because here you have two Ooh. sides that are fighting against each other. And at the end, I don't think anybody truly wins. I mean, I guess yeah. Captain America wins, but maybe that's something that happens in your D&D campaign. Your party gets defeated and the party splits up because... Maybe there's like an opposing viewpoint. Maybe some of the characters are at the river sticks and there's like that demon lord who says, hey, you want to come back to life to get Ooh. vengeance? And then the other characters are like, no, I'm just I'm going to Elysium. Like I'm not paired up with this dark feed type of thing. So maybe you get this like differing, I guess, ideals that could also be a cool narrative device in your in your world as well too. And then I'm also thinking of like, okay, so then all these things happen because the other part is, and there is a lot to, to take on as a DM. Um, but the idea of like having individual narrative paths that come back together because mm -hmm. the, so in my mind, if I have everyone go to the same place after death, something's broken with the death process. Yep. Um, because they're all together, whereas most likely they, with the way uh, often the cosmology in D&D &D worlds is set up, like so-and-so would go here, this person would go there, that kind of thing. But even yep. having mm -hmm. that be the case and then having them d diverge back onto each other's narrative um, could be really interesting. Also, I looked up TV tropes um, uh, for the t Total Party Kill Man, that happens a lot in Final Fantasy that you, you, I mean, you alluded to it, but literally I opened up the video game section and it has examples from one, from five, from six, from seven, from eight, nine, 10, 12, 13, and 14. Oh, it is so common in Final Fantasy. And I yeah. loved a lot of the early Final Fantasies. Number one, don't like Final Fantasy 1. Think the game has bad mechanics to it. But I do like Final Fantasy 5. I love Final Fantasy 6. I love Final Fantasy 4. I love Final Fantasy 7. 
almost all of them have some sort of like we're defeated, but then we kind of get specially resurrected at some point. Well, I feel like we have given a lot of information, but I want to thank you for coming on and spending some time talking total party kills. I am glad that I was able to be the substitute teacher here. Hopefully I was able to help you help the listeners learn a little bit more about TPKs and not to be afraid of them, but just to be cognizant of them. Definitely. And if you want to get a hold of us and tell us about the TPK that you've experienced with your party, no matter what side of the screen you're on, you can always email us at dungeonmasterblock at gmail.com. And of course, if you like this, head over to your podcatcher of choice and leave us a five-star review um, because it helps word on the street. And if you want to follow us on the social medias, we are at DMS underscore block. That's at DMS block. Or you can like us on Facebook. As always, the Dungeon Masters Block is a proud member of the Block Party Podcast Network, where you can check out other amazing shows like, like, are there any shows they they should check out? I would recommend checking out Detentions of Dragons, DMnastics, Dungeons and Dragons and Daughters, and more. But... We just want to thank you for listening to the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we come to talk about the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game, the only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the egos of everyone else at the table. I'm DM Neil. Good night and good luck. And I'm DM Matt. Keep on Dungeon Mastering. It's not inspiration, it's not wisdom, and it's bad advice. You know what would be great? Do a total party kill, have them create new characters, and kill those too. Goodbye.